Okay, next on our list are root words, uh, free and bound. So let me highlight that for you right here, and uh, let's go over uh, some free and bound roots together if we could. Now, let's uh, take a look at some common free roots, and I'm going to increase the screen size on here because there's a, an activity that I certainly want to cover with you. And looking at our free uh, inbound roots. Um, first of all, my name or your name or the word Wednesday are considered free roots. Another free root that we looked at earlier was the word nation. Now we call that a base word but it's also a free root because it can stand by itself and have meaning. Now bound roots are root words that can't stand by themselves but they carry the meaning of the word. They play a very important role, the most important role in carrying the meaning of the word, like aster, for example. Unless you uh, know this in the context of, uh, of flowers, uh, you probably might not know exactly what it means, and we will look at it in a second. Now, the activity that I want to go over with you that is commonly used for uh, free and bound roots, though it could also be used for prefixes and suffixes, but let's just keep it with, uh, in the context of roots, is etymology. Now, we're going to look at the etymology of a word like Wednesday, and then we'll look at it for a bound root like aster. But let's start with Wednesday. If you've ever wondered why we say Wednesday and not Wednesday, well, it's because of you know pronunciation patterns, but the word also has an etymology. It has a history, and that's what etymology is. It is the study of a word's origin or its history. Long ago, when we were speaking Anglo-Saxon, the name of this day of the week was Odin's Dog, and I'll just write it up here as Odin's Dog. And it's not dog as in woof woof dog. This is dog as in day. Now that was the Anglo-Saxon god of chaos and through pronunciation corruption it went from Odin's dog to Owen's dog. And finally through more corruption it just ultimately resulted in uh, Wednesday. Day. Now you might be asking yourself why would we have days of the week named after like Anglo-Saxon gods? Well we retain this for nostalgic reasons really only to show that the roots of the English language do come from Anglo-Saxon and it's a fact it certainly does. Okay so the etymology then it traces the history and the origin of a particular word. Now we can do the same thing for a bound root like aster. Why don't we go ahead and do that? Now if we take aster and sort of do its etymology, well, it comes from Greek and it means star. And let's do an activity called a semantic map. We can take a look and, and work with the student um, and try to come up with different meanings for the word aster. Well, one meaning for the word aster, of, cor of course, is asteroid. And so oid, I guess we can have that mean like. And so the word is actually star-like, something that is star-like. Asterisk, with this suffix at the end of it, isk, isk is actually an Anglo-Saxon root that refers to uh, royalty. So 
In the case of asterisk, this is an invented word that names this little symbol, and I guess literally it's star king is one way to consider that. But what's most interesting about the etymology that we're looking at is here, in the case of asterisk, we have invented a word to name a symbol using Greek and Anglo-Saxon. We have a union of Greek and Anglo-Saxon, which is a very interesting feature of English, of how it creates something new from other sources, and you can clearly see this in the case of, uh, of, of asterisk. Okay, to sum up then, if I may uh, reduce the screen size uh, just a little bit, and have you consider what we just uh, learned about. This has been a presentation on advanced polysyllabic words and, and upper elementary vocabulary, where we have children learning to analyze words, not just syllabicate, or break them up into syllables, but instead to begin to analyze them for the type of affixes that are present in the word, be they inflectional or derivational, and also to be able to structurally analyze a polysyllabic word like denationalization uh, after syllabicating it, structurally analyzing it to see what its constituent elements are to get at the meaning, and then also working with both free and bound roots to uncover the etymology of or origin of a, of a given word to see how it relates to its meaning. Now, notice that context would be last for any of the work that you do in this area. You want them doing structural analysis, for example, or etymology first before you have them relying on context because the standards in these reading programs don't take a really, um, they take more of a dim view of context. They don't think it's reliable, but for some words it's completely inescapable. That's the subject of our next discussion. We'll look at some words that are dependent upon context and we'll learn about that topic next.